This podcast is presented by the Earth Hotel. Lemmings did look delicious. Lemmings yeah. did look delicious. Lemmings, Lemmings, did. Lemmings also Lemmings <laughs> look delicious too. Lemmings, God, I never, never was a fan of much of that game. Oh my God, it was a simple game. It made me anxiety. It's thinking about it, I'm getting anxiety. Really? Yeah, I played it. Did it bring up your own mortality issues when just, dealing with the mortra- mortality they just, they of Chinese stop marching. No, on that same, They're just trying to die. <laughs> on that same thing, does Line Rider give you anxiety? Um, no. Really? Why would Line Rider give me anxiety? Because you might fuck it up. You can fuck about anything. You can fuck anything up. Thumper gives me I anxiety. I intentionally fucked up in Roller Coaster Tycoon. I intentionally made fucking Roller Coaster Catapults. I think, well, that's the point. Yeah, that's the yeah. whole point. Yeah, I think the, the, the ever ever walking forward into oblivion nature of uh, Lemmings is like, I think that's what gets me about it. It's giving you an me. existential yeah. crisis, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm freaking out thinking about it right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, anyways, this is Whose Turn Is It? Welcome to Whose Turn Is It? Welcome to Whose Turn Is It? Whose Four semi-charming narcissists teach you how to pretend good. I'm Wesley Cole Franks. I'm Michael Dottie. I'm Dash Holman. I'm Klein Martin. He did a short one that time. Didn't do it. He didn't do it. He it didn't was do like it, a so. small one. I think I did two in a row. It was like a smidge. Yeah. He, yeah. He's tired tonight. The, the, well, the special episodes are out of the way. Right. Hopefully we can go a little while without another special yeah. episode. Which, which we'll see what happens. <laughs> which subject were we going? We were going to do two tonight, but like uh, which one are we fuck doing? That. We're doing uh, dungeons, dungeons and encounters. Uh, dungeons, dungeons, dungeons. I was all set up to talk at length about minis and shit. Yeah, uh, well, you you're the one that you're the one that decided the order, and so we're going to go by that because you're our boss. You have us signed up in indentured servitude. We we have a contract with you. Yeah. He's the one who pays us the big bucks. That's right, the big the, bucks. The big zeros. I haven't used the jet ski that yeah, you gave me for it, Dottie, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I pay, I pay you guys in... Jet skis. Capital. Just jet skis. I can't use this. refuses capital. I gave you capital. Yeah, you gave me capital. I gave you capital. Does capital mean jet skis? Here's some capital. Oh. Eat oh. Eat the capital. He's gesturing towards the cookies. I don't want to eat the capital. Don't make me eat the capital. Goodness. Don't make me eat the capital. That better be a line in the new Rampage movie. (laughs) Don't make me eat the capital. Oh, God. Jesus. Okay. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, about the Rock. Uh, uh, yeah, about about the great. Dwayne Don. Uh, Can't wait till he's president. Yeah, the Dwayne Johnson. Can't wait to vote for him. Um, he's gonna make it Dwayne. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. Wow. Uh, wow. So uh, this in the past, uh, you know, this is after Christmas, around New Year's. What what have you what have you uh, fellas exactly. done in gaming? Hmm. Here recently. You. Me. Yeah. Uh, Shelby got me a dice tower with Cthulhu on it and some metal dice. It's super badass. Like I can't wait to use it. It's pretty loud, so I can't wait to. So like, if I'm every dice tower is loud. If I'm running a game, 
and like I'm the DM, I can't wait to like drop dice down there, and so they know <laughs> that yeah, some impending like tomb is coming. Fifteen dice, <laughs> just, just drop clatter, 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 clatter. <laughs> also, I did have a PC almost die in the, one of the games that I'm running, and I was mm-hmm. so close, so close. It was with the dice that uh, Josie got me for Christmas. So, which was, game was that? It's uh, it's the Storm King's Thunder uh, one that I'm running. On uh, okay, so it was one of your players. Yeah, one of my players that died. Yeah, yeah. That died. yeah. I, wanna, I, wanna, I think I want to get. Into that, so you have to like show me a little bit of the way. You so right. join his game. What? I don't know if I'm ever gonna get around to running. <laughs> things have gotten kind of fucked oh, up. Oh, with for the me. with RD20? That's yeah. All right. Yeah, things have gotten really fucked I kinda up. I kind of haven't me. thought about old. Uh, yeah. What's his name? I don't know what his name is. Yeah, I'm gonna Petey. Furbold. Yeah. I'm calling him Petey. Sworn. Sworn. That's what his name. Was. Sworn. Yeah, that's a good name. Um. So. What I've been doing, I wish this was tomorrow. I would have more things to say. Uh, but right now, just been sort of pitter pattering about the same old sort of D and D game I've been talking about. We had like a mini session the other night, uh-huh. and um, we got about like ten minutes into it, and we we're both like, "God damn it, we're well, not hurt, but I'm, I'm like, I'm old and tired, and we both worked a full shift, and then the, and then the holidays happened, and yeah. we just haven't been able to rest that time back for right? role playing. But tomorrow. We have the day off. We're gonna play some D and D, and so we're nice. going to get that first dungeon done that I wrote. So. Heck yeah, man! Do you have a map written for that? I do not. I try to do it. I try to write it in a style that was all like, yeah, that you could read it and like still have the same it, experience. It goes like we've talked about that before. It goes either way. You either mm-hmm. you either ad hoc it or you have a map written. Yeah, we, uh, I've, I've ad hoc maps I've already had written. Well, I mean, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll right. get into it because we're talking about well, dungeons we, and encounters. We? No, we're talking about. Uh, whatever, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to talk about minis? We'll talk no, about it. it's okay. Those. It's okay. I've accepted it. Let's move on. Uh, what I've done recently, um, I ran several games, uh, sort of the precursor to the final chapter of Artists. Yeah. Um, Savage Worlds game. Right, my Savage Worlds game. Um, which, uh... Still gotta do, still gotta do me. Yeah, I've gotta do you. Uh, but I've already done sessions with uh, Klein, Wes, and Josie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, now that now that the holidays are behind us, and I'm about to have a computer that will help me take notes and things like that, uh, keep track of all my information. Um, it'll be everyone much easier. Everyone getting a computer? No, not everyone's getting a computer. I'm just getting a computer. No, I'm getting a computer. Well, oh, a oh, you, you got a, You also got a laptop. I'm getting a computer you. later. That's my next big purchase. Right, um, and then. I guess that's all I've done recently. Played a lot of games of Clue lately. Nice. It's been very exciting. I got Clue for Christmas. Everyone else in the house is using it more than me. It's just how it goes. It's usually how it goes. Oh, I played two games without you, I think. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then, yeah. It's been a while, guys. It's been uh, three weeks for us. Really um, burned through that backlog, huh? Yeah, yeah really burned through that backlog. Ugh. But uh, for gaming shit, I mean, like after the graduate, the day I graduated, mm-hmm. played played a uh, game of bolt action. After that, uh, sat in on a uh, game of uh, Call of Cthulhu up in that shop, uh, where I played a character that unsurprisingly died in that session, um, and not of insanity. You mean somebody died in a game of Call of Cthulhu? My Stop mom. the presses! Not well, hold up, <laughs> not of insanity though. Oh. Which is the most common way yeah, to die. Oh, yeah, yeah. I died from being a bad driver. 
Wow. Oh. Did you just crash the car, or? Uh, no. Got arrested. I got arrested. You Which got counts as dying. Oh, okay. wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. I got arrested for going too slow. Is that really a rule in Call of Cthulhu? If you get, if there is something that keeps your character from investigating, then it is considered like dying, like dying, going insane, or getting arrested. That's gotta really suck for that cop. Like he comes to the lockup, he's like, "All right, your twenty-four hour lockup." So what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what even happened here? <laughs> it's 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 to keep from the the flow of game. From right, that makes from sense. yeah, slowing down because then you would have one player that has to get out of prison and the other two are still going on with the investigation into you know Innsmouth or whatever you're setting your game in. Well, would you be able to play your character in the next session though? Like maybe, you, like, maybe is it, may, it, it may be a few sessions or something. But yeah. uh, I was just doing a sit-in. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's you know that's fair, but. Just uh, curious. If, if you're a perfect player, player, yeah. You Depends can. on what you get arrested. How'd you get arrested for driving too slow? I was drunk. Oh. So you didn't get arrested for so driving, you're driving drunk. drunk. No. You just tried to play I up I managed your, to yeah. bluff my way out of that. But I got arrested because I, I refused to go faster. Wow. <laughs> I am proud of you, Dottie. Yeah, I stand by my... I stand by my... <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, uh, for the next couple weeks, man, I've just been painting... Commission and my shit because my shit just keeps arriving at the door early. Um, and writing for the Dark Heresy campaign, which starts in a week, I think. I what day are we doing that? I, I'm sorry, we I gotta which day. talk about it on the thing. Okay, um, I can run it with four more players, okay, and anywhere from three to four players for the okay. first session. I don't care. Um, but uh, after that, it'll, it'll mostly be like split. All up. right, it'll be I need. A couple combat characters and a social character. I need all social characters, something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just call out who who can. Okay. But yeah. Uh, that's about it, really. Yeah. I mean, I've just without going into that. details with all the shit I've been doing on that. I just run that D and D game just to get like more systems under my belt. All right, fellas. Sorry. So we've built our world. We've established our NPCs. We we've made our way through. They're figuring out where fresh water comes from. <laughs> we know what system we're going to play and all that. Now it's time to gather our swords and shields, get our magic staffs ready, because we're going into a dungeon. Or a derelict spaceship in space. Or, or a... it's coming right at us, and it's just out in the wild. <laughs> oh, that too, yeah, an encounter. But uh, let's talk about dungeons slash encounters. What are they? What makes them... You know, what do we mean such. by dungeon? Yeah. What do we mean by encounter? We'll tell you all. What about do we now. mean by meme? Memes. On the on the thing of dungeon, um, did y'all ever read that uh, that post about uh, the the adventurers that kept on raiding the peasant, uh, and the peasant just built up defenses over time and made it a dungeon? No, I have <laughs> not. That's what they hate adventurers. That's my favorite basis for dungeons. It's the best dungeon. Yes. Protecting your wealth from adventurers. Yeah. With very like the, diabolical traps. Yeah. Adventurers are like the worst people. Damned like, adventurers. Yeah. <laughs> no, think about it. Like, how often in adventure, like, are adventurers like good people? Oh, player adventurers are always shitheads. Just mm-hmm. awful yeah. shitheads. They might be there good very, people by like. They're very air quotes of shithead. 
where they do good things, but they also like steal from people and steal. they kill random people. Kill and random. And those people. kobolds were just minding their own business. They, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. they showed up there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we were here first. It's adventurers. A, it's a lot of adventurers just stumbling into territory that doesn't belong to them, and you know, much like uh, the white man, just taking it. <laughs> oh, it's just all a metaphor. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. It's a metaphor. All right. <laughs> so what is a dungeon? <laughs> what is a dungeon? What is a dungeon, Dash? Oh, we're starting with me. I'm the worst person to ask about yeah, that, what a dungeon Dash is. Yeah, Dash hates dungeons. I hate dungeons. I'm going to be terrible on this episode. I do not like dungeons okay. at all. A dungeon is a classic. Dash is really more of an encounter guy. I do as opposed to a, a dungeon guy. I'm all about encounters. Yeah. A dungeon is any structure, fortification, or uh, layabout map that your players are going to go through for a part of their quest. Or just for a quick tickle. Um, <laughs> uh, it can be... The, the most stereotypical dungeon is... Uh, a, there's a cave entrance or something like that, and it's built underground, lots of stone traps, monsters, that kind of stuff. But it can honestly be anything where your players have to enter a structure or enter a section of mapped-off territory. Even if you are doing it ad hoc, where you are building it as the players go... Yeah. Uh, that is still a section of the map or a section of the uh, of the game that you have generated either beforehand you had an idea of or you have built a map specifically for that section. In the simplest terms, how would you describe that? Like in one sentence. Uh. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Place where adventurers go to kill monsters and find loot. Yeah. Done. The place you're going to explore that could include combat, puzzles, or role-playing. Yeah. Or treasure. I would say, aside from caves, other classic examples would be like castles, castles. and fortresses, castles, fortresses. Are are very commonly ancient towers, te- ancient temples, right. undersea cities, right? Um, schools, uh, derelict space vessels that your ship came across during a routine scan. You're all about derelict spacecraft today. I fucking love derelict spacecraft. I do too. Then you could have a virus that's on board that, like, further you could use that as a plot hook. If you want to learn more about plot hooks, go back and listen to our previous uh, episode about or plot you, hooks. Or you could have a null try to save a psyker Th- and fuck the entire thing up. That too. That too. It's <laughs> a deep cut there. All so right. That's not a deep cut. That's a dark heresy cut. Dungeons don't have that, to be interiors cut. either, though. They can be they just can forests. Be outside. They can, yeah, they can be exteriors. They stuff. can be like wildernesses. Yeah. Houses. They can be cities. They can be cities. Well, yeah. I wouldn't throw wilderness into that same dungeon thing. That's more. That's more encounter territory. Is it mapped off? It doesn't have to be. Is it mapped off? Anything you map is not immediately a dungeon. No. If I map a city and the players are walking around in it, it's not a dungeon. But are there traps and people that want to kill them? And there might be people that want to kill them. There's probably a house that has money in it. Could you say that maybe has a trap on it? That doesn't make the entire fucking city. So what you're telling me right now is your entire game is one big dungeon. I'm telling you that life is a dungeon, and we gotta dodge those traps day by day. Day by day. That's what I was trying to get towards. But unfortunately, this life doesn't have dragons in it, so... (laughs) William Shakespeare said the world's a dungeon. Uh, Play in it. (laughs) Play in the space dungeon. Play in the space dungeon. Play in the space dungeon. All right. Uh, okay. That's and what the world's theater was. He's just singing, <laughs> "Play with me." It's just William Shakespeare on stage, splayed out. Look at the space I've created. Play with me. Oh. Okay. And, and so while we're defining things, also can somebody define what an encounter is? I'm defining encounters. Yes. Uh, 
It's since you dropped the ball in the last one. <laughs> you said you're so no good for dungeons. You said you're such a genius with it. With encounters? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I said that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, you're really... You're <laughs> I really sold myself on encounters. <laughs> uh, an encounter is really any dangerous situation that the players find themselves in. Usually combat, though, there can be social encounters that uh, have tension and possible stakes, but mostly, uh, I think what we're referring to here is combat encounters. Uh, they can happen anywhere at any time, really. And at any scale. Right. It could also be like role, like intensive role-playing encounters. Right, that's what I meant yeah. by the social aspect of yeah. an encounter. Yeah. So, like, they're, they're kind of almost the same thing. I think the dungeon just implies, like, a geographic exploration right. taking place. It could either be small-scale um, or arguably wide-scale, like, like mm-hmm. you know, a forest as opposed to, like, yeah. a, a tunnel. Right. But, um, you know, an encounter usually is sort of just the singular event. Right. So I would say, like, a dungeon could be made up of several small encounters. A dungeon That's is, what a dungeon is. Yeah. It's essentially yeah. just a series of encounters. Because an encounter can happen on your way, on your party's travels towards said dungeon. Right. Like, that can just be a random encounter that happens. Um, you said scale. Now. I said scale. You said scale. People said scale. Someone said scale. We all said, okay, I never, everybody on I the never, count of I three never said scale. I never said scale. <laughs> and that whole thing on how to scale... Yeah. An encounter or uh, a dungeon to your players, to your party. Yeah. Um, if you do it bad, you're going to end up either rolling back some of the things you've prepared or some of the things you, you've thought of to allow your players to get through it. Either What's... alive or at less danger uh, in the early in early levels. But... Uh, what are you going to get at, Dash? I was just going to say, let's define let's what we're def- talking yeah. about before we yeah, jump I'm, in. I'm going in some scaling, stuff. scaling an encounter or a dungeon, like to your parent, to your party's level, to their experience. Yeah, you want to make sure the the combat, the puzzles, the traps that they encounter will be like equal to the mechanical skill level of the characters, and that's called scaling. Yeah. Scaling, yeah. Um, like a, a simple encounter of you have your party of four people fighting off like six or seven yeah. dragons. It's not a super challenging fight, Mm-mm. but it's a fight nonetheless. It's a fight, yeah. You can have more challenging fights where it's like, well, we still have, here's a couple of kobolds, but now here's two orcs, which are equal to your player's combat ability. That's the thing is, for one that I did with the Storm King's Thunder um, campaign they're running, they have a dungeon where they had a, um, a bunch of goblins and a um, two uh, ogres in a space and two my, ogres two ogres those are nasty boys yeah yeah cuz they they're easy to hit they're just a, they're just, they're a mountain of hit points so they can take hits but i noticed that my party was running through like goblins like it was nothing yeah and so just to make things interesting i added a uh, a, a hobgoblin in there too Ooh. just to uh, the ac on hobgoblins makes them fucking yeah. those ones swat yeah yeah Hobgoblins are good. That's are cute. That's are really cute. Yeah, if you got goblins, you guys that I, I I packed Cragspire with hobgoblins. Oh god, all over the place. <laughs> I loved it though. I got twisted. Don't you have a hobgoblin player? Uh, no. Okay, we need to. <laughs> good. Need to. Glad that was established. And I never did. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and so that's and, and that's a, that's a combat scaling thing. It's like oh, they're walking through it too easily. I need mm-hmm. to throw something that'll make it a little bit challenging so it's memorable. So you're to upscaling. Them. Like, upscaling. Yeah. You're making it harder. For now. Them. To downscale 
would be, oh my god, these gum- goblins and ogres are like just running through them. They already have one team member that's like has to make death saving throws. Oh wait, there goes another one. Yeah. I should have like scaled it back. Yeah, you, you know when, about this. when when like you're fucking like. Uh, goblins are killing them. That it's like, well, I, I better not have that white dragon at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I should like maybe have a cache of of of, of uh, health potions. I, <laughs> I had to do that once. I had I had two boss fights planned in a row one time. It was like one was supposed to be a mini boss, and then the one after it was going to be a major boss, and the mini boss just wiped them, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kicked the party's ass. And I was just like, what game? I guess I'm going to have to cut out the big boss. <laughs> <laughs> was this artist? This was an artist, this yeah. Which, which artist? Was uh, that was the... Um, was it the dragon? No, it was the... Um, was this for the other party? It was for the other party. It was not you guys' party. It was... No. Uh, we would have won. Okay. Yeah, it was... Yeah, we would have won. It was a boss fight. We ripped uh, it in half. It was a was boss that fight. a bright smile? No, no, no. Oh, well, no. That, one, that one wiped the party, too. But, yeah. uh, but no, it was the fight... Uh, I don't know if they've ever told you about the train fight that took way too I've long. I've heard whisperings yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. The, the the train fight. Um, yeah, they the, the mini boss kicked the shit out of them, <laughs> and well, the problem was they weren't really supposed to fight in that part of the train. But as soon as they got on the train, they were like, "Let's skip this whole heist plan that we basically developed and yeah. just attack." They got on the train with their dicks out, right? And uh, so they were just getting getting <laughs> beat <Sorry>. up. <laughs> So I had to cut the boss from that fight. That's such a good expression just for life. Like, yeah, we're totally getting on that train with our dicks out. Like, <laughs> so um, I don't want you to get on that train. We've, we've talked exclusively in the in the D and D and the the fantasy genre. There, I'd, I'd like to go back to my my wheelhouse on this, the Dark Heresy shit. Go for it. Dark Heresy does not have a very concrete scaling system. There's the there, there's uh, like troopers, elites, and master kind mm-hmm. of kind of monsters. Um, none of that really means shit because mm-hmm. a stray like a stray shot. There's always lethality in that game. Right. So when you're scaling to your players, uh, depending on the system, it's important to explain to them before you begin the game how likely it is that lethality comes up. A D and D game, your character is basically a sponge. Mm-hmm. You soak damage. No yeah. one really ever loses any any parts. No one ever really dies a horrible death without a chance to save themselves. You go to Call Cthulhu, it's very likely you go insane from being barked at by a weird-looking dog. You go to Dark Heresy, a stray bullet that's a lucky shot from a grot can kill you instantly. And there's nothing you can do. It's <laughs> kind of similar to Savage Worlds. Yeah, I think Savage it, it Worlds le- has a well a, a well established way to scale on it. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know if how effective Wouldn't that say is. Well established. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, and established scaling. Right. I told but the story on, on the party before, or good. Party, on the podcast before, but I had a had a party that was fighting a, another party. Yeah. It was like an NPC boss party. And it had it perfectly scaled, and in the mid-fight, I had to dial it back just because everyone was losing. It was so much fun. But you can, yeah. like, that's, a, that's, like, part of your responsibility as a DM, especially with a more story-based game, is you kind of, like, don't just want to stomp your players, especially if it's on, for an event that you guided them to. And let's, let's talk about that, though, for a minute, about the imperfections of scaling in a lot of systems. Um, because oftentimes, I, the, the only two that come to mind that have a structured sort of scaling system 
Dungeons and Dragons and Savage Worlds are the first ones I think of that have a system in place. D and D's CR thing is so flawed. And that's what I'm saying is that there are systems in place, but really you kind of have to take the skill of your players into consideration yeah, more, more than, than the the, the by-the-numbers rules that the books but, give you. And there's also a thing, like, it doesn't matter what, like, it, it does matter to a certain degree what your scaling level, but anything can happen with a dice roll. Right. Dice roll is random. Right. You could have a perfectly easy boss that your party should be wiping the floor with them completely fuck them up. Up. Mm-hmm. Right. I had like a bandit captain almost like murder this whole party. Right. And it was the first session. Right. Like, and they were getting their asses whooped. Right. I had an encounter where in Tavage Worlds where a random wolf basically just kept critting on his attacks oh. and killed the PC. Like, mm-hmm. and I never, like, no one in that game had ever died. And these were like, not overpowered monsters, they are very just random. Yeah. And just due to the nature of Savage World especially, like one of my PCs just had to make like a, a, a lethal save and it was just like a bomber because it wasn't even a boss. It was just like on the way to the boss. I was just like, a oh, wolf. No. Yeah. And so yeah. you really can you can never really tell. So that's why I say if you have to put in combat, make sure it's important mm. to the game. Um like a game like Dungeons and Dragons like a dungeon crawling game, combat's important by nature, by design. Right. Yeah. But for a story based game, like the random combat shouldn't be in there unless your players enjoy doing it. Because you can really just fuck up your whole party, and by and by virtue of your story, just because you wanted to fight random orcs on the way to you know wherever. Right. right. Uh, so you have a uh, uh, you have your party uh, in a standard encounter with a group of orcs. Oh. It's a little boring if they're just fighting on open ground. So what can you do to make it more interesting to complicate things? Do you add terrain features? Do you add like here's a, there's a pile of rubble? Uh, there, there's, you know, they're fighting a cave. There's stalactites and stalagmites blocking the way for some right, ways to approach right. What else can you do? Traps? Uh, do you have a shifting landscape? Well, that's interesting. Traps in an encounter. Uh, I feel like it's done less. D&D has an excellent thing for, like, they bosses. Do <laughs> they do now. <laughs> they they do didn't now. used to, but they do now called layer actions. Okay. Where yeah. it's things that happen during an, a dungeon fight. So, like, there could be, like, lava, like, geysers, like, probably, like, the room is going to fill up with lava at some point. Or there's, like, noxious noxious gas or something that happens. It, like, every turn you have the, the party, like, the, the turnover, like, with uh, parties and enemies going. Mm-hmm. And then, and then at, the room. At, the, at the bottom of the round, after they've all gone through, the room takes a round with, like, different things going off. Tommy Wiseau is the boss. Is this. the boss. This is <laughs> my mark. Gotcha. You're telling me a pot, Paladin Lisa! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's that. Paladin Lisa. <laughs> Something that I like to do with my dungeons... Lisa's is, not much of a paladin. No, she's not much of a paladin. Tommy Wiseau is a paladin. He's a paladin. He's definitely the paladin. He's such a good man. Oh, God, Johnny. Yeah, he's got a great job. <laughs> That's he did not hit her. He did not. Lisa's mom might be a paladin, but uh, she's dying of cancer and nobody likes her. <laughs> paladin, paladins don't die of cancer. <laughs> oh, that's right, because they have resistance to disease after, yeah. like, what is it? Yeah, exactly. Level, fourth yeah. level, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, something I like to do is I like to have layers. So, like, you have the main dungeon floor, 
where there, like a lot of fighting is going to be, but you also have like a couple ledges that lead off to other tunnels where some more goblins or kobolds or gnolls or insert you know like scrub enemies can come in and start pulling out short bows and firing on. I have a very nerdy term for that, mm -hmm. and it's the term I use for my own stuff. It, so when I'm writing a dungeon, uh, I call it a corpusarium effect, which is a Marwin thing. Because the fucking corporatorium makes no sense. There's tunnels leading everywhere. Uh, <laughs> that is a very nerdy term. It's a very yeah. nerdy deep cut. But, yeah, I get what you're saying where you have... Uh, maybe it's not a path that can usually be taken yeah. if you're following just what you can on, on foot. Yeah. If you climb up there, maybe it opens up a new way to go in the dungeon. Mm -hmm. But it also opens up new avenues to make the encounters more tricky. Yes. Kobolds love traps. Oh, God. And there's nothing better than adding traps to an encounter with kobolds. That's the only way that kobolds can really fight against, like, bigger yeah. enemies, is they, they do traps. They're pretty much useless. They're small. Uh, you can wipe them. They got, like, what, seven hit points? Yeah. Like, yeah. Next basic kobolds. Yeah. Yeah. Basic kobolds, yeah. And then you've also, thanks to Volo, have different kinds of kobolds. Yeah. About time. So the, but essentially, though, the point of adding terrain to any encounter is to make the encounter more interesting, uh, to give the players more options rather than just have a straight fight with an enemy, uh, and also to add another random element, like, as you were saying with lava, that could easily backfire on the boss enemy yeah. at any point. Or it's, it's any another way enemies. to add strategy to the fight. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we talked about traps for it. Yeah, and texture. But we we had we added we we talked about traps for the fight, and and you know random effects of the of like lava or, or uh, a geyser or gases in the fight, um, just environment in general. Right. Uh, maybe the flagstones of this dungeon are old, and there's been water dripping on them for a while. There's algae buildup, or it's you've got ice on the ground. Yeah, uh, yeah. That makes movement either impaired, where the player half to movement. safely move mm -hmm. moves you know half movement. And if they want to move full, there's always a risk that they might go prone. Yeah, they have oh. to make a saving throw <laughs> yeah. or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, but you could extend that to where uh, I, I like the Pokemon rule of it, where you've got the the uh, fast movers in the game, like the conveyor belts. Oh, like when yeah. you, when you like, <laughs> like run into the rocks and like the ice if, cave. Yeah, if you yeah. Hit, if you hit this patch of ice, you're gonna go sliding across the mm -hmm. field. Right. And if you're sliding next to enemies, guess what? They all attacks. get attacks of opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So those are like combat-oriented stuff. What about puzzles? Yeah, I know Dottie's a big puzzle guy. Puzzles are I'm a big puzzle guy. I'm a big puzzle guy. He's a big and, puzzle boy. And Klein isn't. Yeah. No, no, I'm Correction. a puzzle guy. You don't. Was it you that doesn't like? You don't. It's me. I'm the one that likes puzzles. I like dungeons. I don't like puzzles. Wait, we're, I'm on your side. These two are the same. See, we're like yeah. things. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not a big puzzle. There's guy. a handshake going on. Just here. because like I've tried to incorporate puzzles. Into certain games, it's tricky, and and some players just they're like, why am I fucking doing this? Why yeah, is this the thing? they're like, they're like, they'll I just throw wanna... out their hands and be like, I don't want to even do it. Can't successfully incorporate the puzzle to move the story along or move the dungeon along. It's kind of a useless thing. Mm -hmm. um, the 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 tail end puzzles that I had for uh, this party and for the little one shot thing I did for you and Klein uh, uh, and Dash. Um, the the those were more or less for me to get acclimated to doing D and D puzzles again. Mm -hmm. Right. The last big puzzle I did was the entirety of the Gardenia section for Dark Heresy. Yeah. That was one big social puzzle. Social puzzles are a pain in the ass to write. 
And it's way easier to ad hoc them. But way more interesting for me to play personally. Yeah. yeah. If your player is playing through it, a social. Uh, if you have a player that doesn't like really doing the mechanical puzzles or, or the, the really stick and stone building of a puzzle, a social puzzle is the way to go. Uh, it can be construed as an investigation, but an investigation always leads to one outcome. Yeah. And so let's give an example of a social puzzle. I think the most obvious one would be something akin to like a murder mystery yeah. in your game would be yeah. an example a, of a social puzzle. A game of Clue? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your tabletop is just bigger Clue. Okay? <laughs> that's, just, that's just what we're doing. Um, but what, 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 are, what are some other examples of some social... Well, puzzles, you have say. to find out certain information from a certain character. That character doesn't like a certain person that they saw you fraternizing with, and so you have to try to convince them through different ways around. It's 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 like showing up. It's gaining influence with a group of people by showing up to a party and doing party tricks or having right conversational. Right. One stuff. of my favorites of all time. One of my favorite social puzzles is also one of my favorite investigation styles of the game. Is embedding somebody as an informant. And that can be a PC or an NPC, mm-hmm. but you are you have your your tool is that informant that you're making, and that's the only tool you have to move puzzle pieces around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you can have somebody going in as like a server at this party or whatever that like, and, and it's it's having people. It's think of it like a heist. Everybody yeah, has sure. their role, right? And and you have your you have your inside man. You are a woman. You, you're inside person. You have your <laughs> inside person. <laughs> There's just a lot of jokes you can do. Tweet me at them. I'll reply to them all. Um, you have your 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 tech person, or like your you know your your hacker or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in a fantasy sense, that could just be your magic user. Um, or your rogue. Yeah. Or your Gregorian. Or your rogue. Or you have your uh, you have a face character, somebody that goes around and can schmooze it up and you your know. greaser. I have your the greaser, yeah. I have the Mission Impossible theme just playing in my yeah, head right, right now. Like that's all I can think about. And then you have like your uh, your big bruiser guy going through like under the tunnels. <laughs> like just like okay, you're just gonna wait. Your Ving Rames. Yeah, your Ving Rames and Mission Impossible. Well, you just have to wait until shit starts popping off, and then you just run in that bitch and you start. Hacking people with axes, you grab whatever you have to grab and then get out. And I mean, but you know, do that on a social. Stand. <laughs> also, your 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 barbarian or whatever your tank can be really useful in social encounters. It's it's you can use them as like, oh, look at this exotic, far off person that I brought to this party to show off to everybody and be like, ooh. It can be ah. used as like an intimidation, uh, yeah, right, like tool, yeah, right, yep. I always play characters that just want to sleep with people for information <laughs> and social puzzles. For information, for information quote unquote. Quote, quote, right. Do you have an example of a social puzzle from one of our games? I mean, like, or I, something I, that you would consider? I gave it. I mean, yeah. so. Get more into detail yeah, about Gardenia. The Gardenia thing was built as one giant red herring. Mm-hmm. The, entire, the, the, the entire outcome was always going to end as one of two. But the desired outcome was that they still fuck up. Um, from the start, when they first dropped down on this planet, they were entering a psychic bubble. I had them roll a willpower check while they were coming down on the planet. They all failed. If they had passed, it would have been a little bit rougher on me. 
I would have had to have uh, done it by standard levels of conceit in Subterfuge. Instead, I was able to drop illusion on them. So, they come down on a planet where they don't see anything exactly how it is. The entire time they're surrounded by a cult and they have no fucking idea. And they pick up on little clues when they pass their willpower tests here and there that I bring on onto them for different things where they can see through this veil to find little clues that key them into maybe this isn't really what's going on. They finally added had enough of that influence that I unintentionally recreated one of Dash's nightmares where people start disappearing around him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. That, that's people waking up from that dream state that they came in. It wasn't a, it was all a dream sort of thing, because that's stupid. It was a, everyone still hadn't gotten off the ship. They were still on the ship. The entire geography of the areas they had been to changed the moment they came out of that veil. And they knew nothing's quite right here. They're more suspicious, but that leads to party infighting. And that's delicious for me. Yeah. I also enjoy infighting. Infighting yeah. is always delicious, that's true. It is the site of my su- most successful and largest social puzzle, but also the site of some of the most fucked up things I've ever done in a game. The, the term social puzzle is very interesting to me, because I, I feel like it could be applied to any interaction where you have like a desirable outcome. Yeah. Right. But like I don't know, that's still like valid. That's still what role playing is. In fact, like the majority of what we do, especially at our games, is just that social like puzzles. A lot of social puzzles, yeah. Just role playing like back and forth, and it doesn't have to always be in character just to like say what your character does. For another quick example, I would uh, there was a big moment in my game involving whether or not to kill a major character. I don't want to go too into detail about it. But I would say I think that that one was a social puzzle as well because um, that one definitely was because it was very much the players deciding what was the right out action and the best outcome in that scenario and I left it entirely up to the players on how that scenario would play out um, and uh, uh, they ended up murdering her and that that went right. to a lot of <laughs> a lot of. Uh, uh, trouble from from there, but um, yeah, I would say that one was definitely a, a, a PCs special. always end up they go to the murder route. They oh yeah, PCs always what if you tell tell them you can kill this person, they're just gonna kill them. Yeah, not always, most of the time. A lot of the time, most of the time, but not always. Um, I don't think you should ever tell your players, hey, you can't kill this person. Unless you literally cannot kill this person. Never tell your players they can't do something. Oh yeah, well you should never do that anyway. But let them know that there will be consequences for their actions. Right. Like in real life. If you're like, oh man, I really hate that captain of the guard, he's a real dick, and I'm gonna kill him. You're like, well you know he's the captain of the guard. If you kill him, that's like against the law. You're gonna get executed. You're gonna get executed and they're like, oh, I don't care. I'm a fucking powerhouse. I can make put lights on things. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered standard encounters. We've mm-hmm. covered environment for encounters. Mm-hmm. We've covered social puzzles, standard uh, mechanical puzzles, large scale encounters. Ooh. One of my favorites. Skirmishes, if you will. S- no, yeah. skirmishes are usually what you're doing. Oh, a, skirmi- a skirmish is usually a, that party on a, a, a another party. Yeah. You have 
your four players versus and maybe a few henchmen on a group of enemies. Um, large scale, I mean Bad. armies. Yeah, armies. <laughs> Big old skirmishes. <laughs> Super skirmish. I'm coming from a war game, uh, a, a war gaming thing. So a I'm coming skirmish, from the world of imagination. That's fine. <laughs> a, a skirmishing game is a war machine or infinity where you have maybe like 30, 40 models on a table. A a battle, like a, a, a large scale uh, battle, is you have armies on a table. So super, super skirmish. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can't win this time. Think about wars, army fights. Think army about fights. wars. Army fights. Tell, tell, tell me about wars. Army fights. Okay, tell me about so army fights. The thing about army fights is they're so seldom in your average tabletop game, your typical t- tabletop game. They they really are more of a a war game staple as opposed to a tabletop game staple. Right. And usually they're like the, a very rare encounter you'll have. Yeah. And some games It's usually have, a big thing. Yes. Yeah. It's and a Some treat. games have syst- like Savage Worlds has a system that you can play just like on the fly using it's like for warfare and it is so like simple and streamlined. Yeah. And it's everything's very abstract though. It's awesome. We've used it a few times. I had to do it for uh for artists. Yeah. And Sarbatch when we were like trying to take back the castle, I had to You were commanding dragons. I was commanding dragons and soldiers as a half orc with a giant sword on the back of a dragon. oh god, it was so I jumped off of a dragon and like attacked another dragon on oh god thank you for giving me that dash it was just and then you married that dragon I married that dragon you married the first dragon not the dragon he stabbed no I married the dragon that I rode into battle yeah you did always marry the dragon you ride into battle the the streamlined system for Savage Worlds I I like it yeah I built a simpler one yes you did you did um, that how much did did you like that I loved that the one that we did for with the Valhallen yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Valhalla Ice Warriors on, on this random ice planet. Um, I, I had built a system of tokens uh, using pennies, nickels, and a large, like, 30-millimeter base uh-huh. um, as different units. Right. Like, each one of these pennies represents 50 infantry. Each one of these uh, uh, nickels represents a group of five tanks, and this large thing represents your artillery, or a, uh, the guardian of the enemy. Wow. And I built out terrain and, and made a one-page list of, here's what this provides, here's how much damage these things can do, here's the range of these things, and here's how many things you can move in a turn. Uh, and it took, what, uh, an hour and a half? An hour and a half for the full battle. For the full battle. Went over well. Um, it it was, was close. It was really close. We were on the run. Yeah. But, we, but we got to, we had to take back a base that was in the middle of a city, and we had to go through the city. I put them in a Caesar uh, situation, which is one of, one of my favorite uh, battles of Julius Caesar, where he was sieging a Gaelic uh, city uh-huh. while the Ga- while the Gauls were sieging his siege. Yep. Uh, which is something that you expect like Jean Luc Picard to pull off, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like. I, I put them in that situation. They did really well. Yeah. Uh, the the, str- the the large scale uh, encounters. A lot of systems have that rule set built in. D and D has a rule set built yeah. into it. Savage Worlds has a rule set. Does built it really? In. It does. In which book? I believe it's in the in five. Yeah. It's in the DM guide. Yeah, yeah, the fifty. Oh, I have a DMG. Yeah. I thought I read the whole damn thing, but I guess I haven't. I guess not. I guess not. I should read. <laughs> also, read check that out game. that Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Yeah, yeah so good. Cool. Dude, those those class options mm-hmm. are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The, the, random, um, the that, random encounter table is beautiful. Yeah, 
Mm. Yeah, random encounters is really good, and the um, the downtime stuff is really awesome. Has everyone at this table run a large scale battle? <coughs> Have you ever run a large scale battle? I've never run a large scale battle. I try to stay away from those. Right. Uh, I I am I am so much fun. I'm in the camp. They are super fun, but I'm in the camp that uh, if I have a party, I want to have this large scale battle going on around them, around them. and like so I can so I'm able to describe yeah, it. Right. And that, love. Yeah. You can do it. You can weave them in and out. Yeah, I yeah. Think. That would be. Interesting. I mean, Dash did that perfectly, where yeah. he had them trying to sneak into the castle and me yeah. running the battle. Right. Yeah. And I had another large scale battle, one that was really. Um, fun for me where uh, I used the Savage Worlds rule set but I was also doing a thing where I was in between players' turns I was rolling for NPCs that were involved in the battles, battle to see how they were doing. Yeah. I ended up losing like three or four of the party's like friends, like yeah. allies that they had. Um, that was an interesting thing to do. The, 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 basically that they're at the end of the large scale battle, they had won, but there were still consequences for yeah. all of that. And it was all random. I didn't choose anyone specific to die. It was just That's awesome. the people who didn't survive. Have you guys ever read the uh, dramatic task rule in Savage Worlds? No. I think I have, but I cannot remember what it is off we, top of my We've head. never ever ever used it. Uh-huh. But it's basically like one of the examples they give is like defusing a bomb. Right. It's basically like a series of skill checks that it's almost like the the, the death saves in D anD D. Right. But like if you fail, it, they're campaign ending. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's like stuff happens. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, there's the series of skill checks thing for Dark Heresy with investigations, mm. uh, like investigating uh, a, an artifact or doing a uh, dissection to see how much you learn about something. Uh, but they're not well limited. I like that a lot. You brought in something that I'm gonna. Use. I did. Th- I did that with uh, Mr. Yeah, Whitechapel at the Tower of London mm-hmm. with the ritual going on. I had because Matt's character was part of the ritual, and he was like I had him roll stuff, but I was also rolling stuff with Merlin that was doing stuff with it as well, and that determined like how much you guys fucked with it. Determined where the parties got split up and sent to, and right, like, yeah. like it determined where you got, like, who went through the portal, and right. like how, you, like, where you guys ended up. Because I had three possible options: I had Massachusetts, nineteen forties; I had like Roman era London, mm-hmm. where it was like the Romans invading and uh, trying to yeah, attack, yeah, like, right. yeah. And then also, um, then I had uh, cyberpunk, where everybody would be in cyberpunk, right? Yeah. And they would try to. I think what we're getting to is that the the next person to to run a a game where you weave both a dramatic task and a large scale battle in the same session, that needs to fucking happen. Yeah. you get you get a prize. You get the big prize. Yeah. It's Dottie. Dude, you get big, Dottie. The, you get Dottie. Wait, I'm about to start Dark Heresy in a week. Yeah, so probably. Uh, I gotta. I just gotta make a game real quick and just just do that. Do that before me. Yeah. Let's do it right now. Come on, yeah. guys. Um, <laughs> large scale battle. Let's go. So we've talked about encounters, dungeons, large scale encounters, and those th- those are if they're like planned out. How to, to wrap things up? How do you do them off the cuff? How do you ad hoc them? Like ran like Ooh, completely yeah. random. The same rule that I've brought up a lot before, which is vagueness is important mm-hmm. for a DM. It's an important uh, vagueness and the ability to uh, to improv an mm-hmm. encounter is very important to a DM. You don't have to have it if you're able to plan stuff out. That's fine, but for those like us where we have a limited schedule and sometimes we don't 
do shit. Yeah. Uh, well, so going back to the point made previously about how often players just want to kill, like with your captain of the guard example, for instance, Wes's captain of the guard <laughs> example, for instance, um, those are obviously not things that you plan for necessarily. No. Just a player going, you know what, I don't like this person, I'm going to stab this person. So you do have to be prepared at any given moment to know the surroundings of your character, of your players, and to be ready for a combat that comes out of nowhere. Yep. Yes. Uh, knowing, knowing the surrounding of, of your players is, I would say, one of the more important uh, aspects. If your players are in the grasslands, your players are on a beach or something, that's fine. Knowing the general, like, what kind of enemies do I have in this location? Yeah. How, how likely is it they, they would run across this? It doesn't make sense to, like, they're in a sewer in the middle of the city, and then all of a sudden, owlbears attack. You have random owlbears just in this sewer in a city. I like, like that, though. I like that. Yeah. They escape from a circus. Irradiated. Oh, I, I get owlbear. the idea. Irradiated. Irradiated. I get Rad the owlbear. Part, but that one was too cool to, like... Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm a big fan of owlbears. Like, you just put owlbears anywhere, and Mm -hmm. I I want a bunch of owlbears. You think they're going to be sweet, but they never are. Oh, God, no. It's like a bear that can turn his head around. They're so cute. They're so cute. I mean, they're twice your size, but, I mean, they got those owls. They just, they kind of, they put, like, the worst part of each animal into (laughs) really fruit. The head and the the feet of an owl. It's like the dead eyes of an owl. That's a bear. That's a bear, yeah. And then, like, the bear kill you parts. It's like, oh. just as big as a bear. <laughs> oh, and, oh, come on. And they can, like, do magic. Like, yeah. Can you imagine if it was the other way around, though? If it was, like, a bear's head and bear's feet on a little owl body? That'd be, that'd be great. That's, that's, like a, that's like what you, you get that to babysit your kids. Like, right. It's like if you go to different planes, you go to the Feywilds, and you see that, and you're like, oh, so that's where they come from. Yeah, like, yeah, they get me go to is a that hybrid. just a fork? Is that what a fork is? Yeah. yeah. Just go to you a hybrid to plane. Uh, it was like, we figured hey, you uh, we don't have normal bombs here. We have knife bombs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Knife bombs. Oh. <laughs> I just heard knife bombs. I didn't hear any part else of that. But <laughs> That's all right. I want to know what a knife bomb is. But yeah, um, sometimes when I roll du- run dungeons or like stuff like that, I have a list of rooms that have shit in it that's really cool. I don't have where they're at exactly, but I will have like make the players think I have a map. And so I'll be like, okay. And I love doing this too. Like instead of you drawing out a, a map for them that you just lay out and like cover up parts of it, have them map out their own dungeon. Have somebody in the party draw it out, describe to them, and have them map out. Their I have dungeon. a general th- thing that I've been doing with D and D on that, which I, I draw up a very vague ass map. Yeah. That I've listed out like here's rooms, encounters, traps, and loot in all these and enemies in all these rooms. Yeah. Uh, where I have a vague map that informs me. But the players explore it their own. Like, yeah. there's a door to the west. There's a door uh, a little bit further up that also leads to the west. Which one are you going to take? Uh, what I want to do with the Dark Heresy one is, if people do uh, uh, an investigation or if they do a casing of a place uh, before they go in, I will give them very general information, mm-hmm. and I will let them make a map, mm-hmm. a vague, like make a map, make a draw out. Here's the rooms. Like, hand it to me. I will uh, draw off where you think certain things are. It's a four-story building. The target's in the third floor. You know that there's a basement. 
uh, that has an entrance into the street. There's also a room on the second floor that has a vault in it. Like, so they know like stuff like that. Here are that. the most yeah. likely points of security. And here's yeah. the entry points. So they don't know the hallways it, inside it's, the building. It's one of my favorite things, uh, going back to my favorite video game of all time, uh, Thief. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thief 2, The Metal Age. Because Thief 1 is great, but really fucking hard. Uh, and Thief 2 is perfect, and all the other Thief games are eh. Um, but uh, Thief 2, every map you get, like... The maps you have with with just starting a mission are pretty vague. It's like, here's the vault. Here's the way in. Here's a general floor plan. Yeah. You can buy a better map. Mm-hmm. If And that that's the whole point of if your players take the time to learn about the thing they're trying to do. If they prepare. They can, they can have a more informed yep. map. They can have a more informed idea of what they're going into. I don't like rewarding players for learning. Yeah. <laughs> really, I think rewarding players in general is stupid. Terrible. Yeah. Don't I like them to get them. to the end of their dungeon and they open up a chest and it's just like a, like a some like <laughs> There's a note that just says fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> or Lincoln logs and they're like are these magic Lincoln logs do an arcana check. I do like natural 20. They're not. It's, it's just, just normal Lincoln logs. It's just, it's just a piece of paper that says Snape killed Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, that character hadn't read Harry Potter yet. You know? it's, 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 we've done five dungeons in this campaign, and we haven't gotten any loot. I'm still with my starting sword. <laughs> I just want to buy I mean, leather these. armor. These yeah. guys have magic armor. It's my favorite thing when you run through a dungeon, and like, it's their first dungeon they're going through, and they're like, do we see anything on the walls with, like, weapons? I was like, yeah, you see, like, weapons and stuff like that. Is it better than ours? It's like, no, it's no, not. No, of course not. I was, oh shit! I was gonna say, um, uh, let's go around as as a closer. This is a closer. Let's everyone go around, sum up their their um, encounter slash dungeon, whatever your your style is. Like sum up your style and your tip in one sentence, or like one short brief paragraph. Well, don't start with me. I feel like Wes got close to it uh, earlier. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm a. I like it to be more of a strategic thing going through, as in different levels, uh, different traps. I'm not a big puzzle guy, but something where they have to work together and be strategic to get through. Um, My tip for the end of it is uh, don't plan too much for this dungeon, because your players will fucking go off the rails. Mm -hmm. Um, And also never do minecart levels. It's a bit of a run-on sentence, but okay. Yeah. Uh, Mine. Methodical preparation. Uh, maps a general uh, a general map of what you have a uh, uh, to inform you the player may decide on where where they want to go that's fine but you need a general map a uh, layout of what you have for rooms encounters traps as where they would be you can ad hoc that you can improv that on where they might lay out in the room as the player uh, as the player explores my tip be ready to improv when the player ignores. Yeah. certain features. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't build classic dungeons very often. Um, most of my... Most of what I do is social puzzles, as we described before. Um, honestly, I don't think my advice is much different from Wes's on this. Uh, Make them feel... Uh, well, my 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 goal is generally to make my players feel emotionally drained at the end of it. But but that, that aside, um, I think my advice would just be uh, really anything can happen. Um, 
be prepared, know know the surroundings, know know everything about your world and the place that your players are in in the moment because you never know what could happen next. Uh, your players will always, almost always, surprise you. Um, so be prepared for that. Um, so I would say um, have a bag of tricks. Um, have just like your, your random ideas that you have for any other. Like I feel like a DM should have a bag of tricks for NPCs, for dungeons, for what have you. But remember uh, that dungeons, rather than the, think of them as like a 3D space with all the rooms and stuff, like all laid out like a map, you can just think of them as a series of encounters and then just like, you know, set, you know, let the, the players guide where they go in the dungeon, but then have like the next room be a combat encounter followed by a puzzle encounter. Like have the encounters ready and then have like the, the, the actual scenes that they wander into be improv. Really major players, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. Uh, this has been Who's Transit. Uh, I'm Michael Dotty. I'm Wesley Franks. I'm Dash Holman. And I'm Klein Martin. Thank you, guys. Uh, you guys can reach us at whose turn is it? WTIICast on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to send us questions. I actually have a question here that was sent to me by the at the great manzini. There's a one as yeah, the first, first I. One. Yeah, it's our first question through the Twitter. Oh, uh, you're a winner. Through the Twitters. Yeah, through the Twitters. And I think well, we should have done this at the beginning, but we can do it now. Um, but uh, he asks, uh, when it comes to running a module, how much do you stick to the book? Do you find yourself inserting your own homebrew into it? Uh, do we want to take turns on this? Probably should. All right, so yeah. uh, when I first started running Dark Heresy, I ran off of the Dark Pursuits, I, I think that's what it was called, which is in the back of the uh, Dark Heresy 2nd Edition book. Uh, I started that um, pretty close to the book. Y'all went through uh, up until the Flaming Wheel or whatever it is, Bar. Uh, I noticed that people weren't as interested in it because it was a very slow play for players that I was giving a lot of leeway. Yeah. uh, And I was cushioning a lot of things. So I I then changed the story as it went, keeping to, vaguely keeping to the module itself to introduce the players as well as myself into the system. I think playing along to a module is fun. I think playing a module is fun. And it really depends on how you th- how you pick up your players' feelings on the on the game. I haven't run a module in probably a couple of years at least, but when I did, I think when it comes to a module, it definitely depends on what experience you're going for. Because most modules, uh, at least the one, most of the ones I've run, are very much a classic Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. adventure. Um, and if you're just trying to do that, if you're just trying to play a typical D and D game. Following the module as is um, isn't a bad idea. I've usually thrown in a few elements of personal lore, um, but if you're using it, if you're using a module module in a larger game, uh, you're definitely going to want to modify it a lot. Yeah. It's it would basically be more of a guideline than an actual by the numbers following the module exactly. I would just say. Um What's important is your take on the game rather than what the game was written to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, 
read that as you will. This is just own own the module that you're playing on. Yeah, I, I'm currently running a D and D five e game with a module Storm King's Thunder, which is a really interesting module. It has giants involved, which I think is really cool. It's different for uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but it's really bare bones guidelines. And I'm using some encounters from Out of the Abyss mm. or Princes of the Apocalypse, and I'm kind of mixing and mm. matching and. Uh, Actually, how they start the the encounter off, like the module off, not the encounter, but the module off, is kind of boring. And so I thrown it. I threw in my own little group into the world of Faerun, which is the Quivers, which is a monster hunting group. Mm. And there's like this pass at the spine of the world that opened up somehow, and people they're starting to investigate it. And the Quivers want to be the first group in there because they want to bag a bunch of monsters. They want to. You know, like get their foot. They want to make get their the notoriety. Right, yeah, they right. want to get the notoriety to make their group as legitimate as the Zinterim or the Harpers or anything like that. God, I love the Zinterim. And so, like, I, I've thrown in my own personal fluff, but I've been using their bare bones guideline. And also, some of their encounters are kind of weak. And so, I took some other modules and I mixed and matched. So, don't be afraid to mix and match. Yeah, with don't modules. don't be afraid to play to play witches brew with modules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Definitely put your your personal fluff in there. That sounds yeah. so intimate. Just fluff it all up. Mm-hmm. Fluff it right in there. We'll get you, Clyde. <laughs> Thank you. Who, who was that question from? That was uh, at the great Manzini. He's a personal friend of mine from college, uh, Bo Bailey. He has uh, his. He we does both a, know Bo Bailey. Yeah, yeah. He does a uh, Twitch stream, and he also has a um, a podcast that he does that's uh, about video games. Um, What's that podcast called? That podcast. Let's plug that podcast if I can find it real quick. Uh, real World Gaming Cast. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at. At World, World Game Champs, uh, they talk about different news and video games uh, throughout the day. It's really interesting. Well, they know a lot. They know a lot more. I do Twitch streaming. They know a lot more about what's going on in the gaming world than I do. Well, thanks, Manzini. Yeah. Uh, you Thank were our you. first question. Thanks a lot, bud. Woo. Appreciate you. Yeah, and don't forget that... Uh, we're going to frame this question. That you guys can also... <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and frame it. But you guys can ask us questions at our Twitter, at WTII cast on twitter or email us at wtii boys b-o-i-z yeah. at gmail.com or our facebook page which is whose turn is it um so yeah thank you guys this has been We did it. I'm so proud of you. We did it, boys. See you next week, guys. Bye. Whose Turn Is It can be found on Facebook and on Twitter at WTIICast. Produce in association with the Thunderhunts Collective and the Rebrew Network. Find them on Facebook and wherever you get your podcasts. Music by Alex Norman. Follow him on Twitter at Dare Diary Online. Special thanks to Alex Kitson, Matthew O'Brien, Josie Gilcullen, and Tink Edwards. This has been Whose Turn Is It? Thank you for listening.